Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Something Private. It's episode 9, which means we're hitting our two-digit episode soon. Duh, no. So, Something Private is about everything related to the vagina. Health, wellness, politics, society, you name it. While doing my research on a list of topics or episodes to cover, I realised that this season would overlap with the month of October, which is more commonly known as the month for breast cancer awareness in the world of women's health. Did you know that breast cancer is the most common type of cancer among women in Singapore today? But it's not like Singaporean women are extra special, though I gotta say we are quite one type. It's just a very common type of cancer among women around the world. So, breast cancer is the second most common cancer in women and men worldwide. It is the most frequently diagnosed cancer among women in 140 out of 184 countries. According to Sing Health, about 1 out of every 16 women in Singapore is likely to be afflicted by breast cancer, with more than 1,300 new cases diagnosed every year. 1,300 new cases diagnosed every year, that's a lot. Just some idea of how common it is everywhere around the world, else around the world. In America, about 1 in 8 US women, about 12%, will develop invasive breast cancer over the course of her lifetime. That's twice the number of women who might be affected back home here. So with breast cancer being so prevalent, I thought the episode would be suitable and timely because lo and behold, although it's more common among older women, means above the age of like 40 and 50, young women can get it too. In fact, there is a support group of young women who are breast cancer survivors here in Singapore. The survival rate of breast cancer is quite high today because of the amount of awareness that the cancer has. Like most cancer, it can be detected early, which would make the recovery process a lot less complicated. Early detection increases the rate of survival. And I would think that in Singapore, our level of education around breast cancer is actually quite high. You know, remember in school where we always had those pink ribbons given out during October, the month of October. So instead of doing an episode just on breast cancer awareness, I thought it'd be interesting to bring in a breast reconstruction surgeon on today's episode. Sounds interesting. Dr. Chia Hui Ling is a consultant plastic surgeon from SW1 Clinic. Hi. I'm also the co-founder and president of Breast Reconstruction Awareness Singapore, more affectionately known as BRAS. Cute. So BRAS is a non-profit organisation set up to raise awareness on breast cancer reconstruction and to provide reliable resources for women who are considering breast reconstruction. It is wholly run by plastic surgeons. It all started when the, the group of us was uh, sitting for a meal in the hospital and talking about breast reconstruction, as you do when you have a meal. <laughs> and and we spoke about how women turn down reconstruction without really understanding why. And it was a recurring thing. It was a similar account between the few of us. And so we decided that we want to change that. That because we all we all wholeheartedly believe in the benefits of breast reconstruction. So so we gathered a few more surgeons and we started uh, brass. Because reconstruction is not about building, just building up a breast. In plastic surgery, we're a little different. We don't really take things away, cut things out. We tend to put things back to restore it to where it was before, to the same function and the looks. So in breast reconstruction, you know, the breast is like a symbol of femininity. So it's also about restoring uh, the confidence. It does help uh, also with their fighting spirit, I find. Because if you have the confidence, you have more fighting spirit during your treatment, 
and it also helps you to get back to the quality of life. Beyond like the mm. idea of having your breast reconstructed, it signifies womanhood and mm. femininity. What um, beyond that, like, are there any other benefits? So physically, it mm. helps with balancing the okay. body. Mm-hmm. Right? Makes sense. I mean, yes. Yeah. So if this applies especially for women that are large-chested. And uh, if you're very large-chested on one side and you don't do a reconstruction, some women actually have spinal and back problems because of that, because the weight distribution is, uh, you know, lopsided. Some women do it for convenience. So uh, you don't have to put on a prosthesis. You fit better into your swimwear, active mm. wear. Because in Singapore, the padding can be quite warm and sticky. And it can affect the type of attire you wear. Right? It seems like a small thing, but mm. this is for the many years to come. You know, all these successful treatment, effective treatment. If you have early breast cancer after treatment, you have a nearly 100% survival, five-year survival rate. So what's next? You know, it's your quality of life. You don't have to worry about it. I have a patient who is um, from Vietnam and she, she did it for her niece. She did reconstruction for her niece because... She, she swims a lot with her, a few times a week, and they change, change in front of her. And she was, you know, about six, can't mm. really understand, you know, mm. can't really explain to them what this is all about. And she didn't want to s- frighten her or, you know, affect them when they're changing together. And when she swims, she doesn't want to worry about having a prosthesis. So, you know, different people have their own uh, reasons for it. You were also saying that you found that women didn't really want to go for the reconstruction mm. surgery. Mm. So, why did they not want to go for surgery? Well, in reconstruction in the Western countries, where breast cancer is uh, a lot more uh, prevalent, they have actually a quite high um, rate of reconstruction. In Singapore, it was a bit slow to pick up. Now, it's actually quite... An, uh, it's a very integral part of treatment and I would like to think that it was our efforts but uh, it, was, it is also the Angelina Jolie effect ah. yes so uh, in the recent years and I think women you know our Asian culture we're mm. a bit more conservative they would say that uh, uh, the extra la, don't want the extra you know, we just want to get rid of the cancer and that's mm. all. Or they may say it's cosmetic only and um, or their family. So part of brass is also not only to educate women who are affected, but those around them. Because they are the ones that encourage them and they are the ones that discourage them. And a lot of patients actually change their mind because their family or their friends tell them, you know, don't need to do all these extra things. Mm. Without really knowing their benefits, it's mm. baseless evidence I would say mm. to say that and some even say that changed her mind one of my um, ladies because she said my friend said I will die after reconstruction so it's uh, so we want to re-educate them recently I had an email from a, a survivor's brother he wrote to us and thanked us for the website because uh, not all of them the family could be there with her at the doctor's appointment and so being able to find out more about this uh, reconstruction and being able to support her with this knowledge made a very big difference to her family. Mm. And we were very glad to hear um, this feedback because that is exactly what we wanted to do. Interesting. So mm. I think maybe you can break down a bit about like the whole idea of breast reconstruction surgery. What kind of reconstruction surgeries there are? Mm-mm. And then 
how you guys do it. You're talking a bit about like taking the tissue yes, and stuff yes, like that. Right. So yeah, maybe we can explain So we take a step that. back. We talk mm, about mm. what kind of cancer surgery there are yes. first. So the cancer surgery to remove the tumour. Mm. So the first one is to remove the entire breast. Mm. So if you, they remove the entire breast, we need to reconstruct a breast mount, Okay. we call it. So if you remove the entire breast, that's, that procedure is called a mastectomy. Mastectomy, that's okay. right. So for mastectomy, uh, the reconstruction, we can use two main types either your own tissues or implants uh, or a combination of two sometimes and uh, using your own tissues usually we take it from areas of excess mm. and areas that will not limit you functionally like mm. we're not going to take out a vital muscle yeah. so something that is not uh, essential like a paunch your <laughs> tummy so if you have extra tummy fat and the back the thighs the buttocks. These are less common, but uh, it is also used for reconstruction. And of course, the other one is to use uh, implants. Then the second group of surgery is called lumpectomy or white local excision. So these are removing just the cancerous parts of the breast and preserving the rest. So women after this have to go for radiotherapy to uh, irradiate the rest of the breast, prevent the cancer from coming back. So are these like in cases where the cancer is not Smaller, so developed, yeah, yeah. So it's smaller, okay. and it's only in one area. Okay. So if you sometimes the cancer can be in multiple areas, mm. then the mastectomy would be better. But if it's in one area, it's uh, small, so you can do just the lumpectomy. And in this case, we do what we call oncoplastic surgery. So the shape of the breast is reformed by using breast tissues around it or chest tissues around the breast. I see. Okay. So you can imagine, say, if I have a tumour at the outer part of the breast and we, we just remove that then the breast will be distorted right it will have it will look collapsed so instead of letting it be collapsed we will put something in so either rearranging or moving the other parts of the breast into that space or using the chest tissues to uh, put into that place to restore the volume so that the breast will look symmetrical again and sometimes we have to do surgery on the other breast as well the other uh, non-cancer affected breast so that the both sides will be matched. Something Private is a podcast produced by VFM. We want to have open, honest and compelling conversations and discoveries about our health and wellness. Join me every Monday for new episodes. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and any other podcasting app you use to listen to us. Share this with your friends, your family or anyone you think would love to hear my voice. <laughs> We're kidding. Anyone who would love to learn more about their health. Also, follow me on Instagram at somethingprivatepod for more content. Slide into my DMs if you have any questions at all. So people get cancer when their cells' reproduction divide in a disorderly or dysfunctional way. So normal cells divide and reproduce in order to repair injuries and replace worn-out tissue. Sometimes, for a variety of reasons, cells might grow and divide out of control, producing extra tissue that may form a mass or a lump, which is called a tumour. So a tumour can either be benign or malignant. So benign means that they are not cancerous, they may grow slowly but they don't spread to other parts of the body and they don't affect your health. On the other hand, a malignant tumour or a tumour that I guess is like invasive are cancerous growths that have the potential to spread to other parts of the body. Breast cancer is a malignant tumour which occurs when breast cells become abnormal and divide without control or order. Majority of breast 
cancer starts in the milk ducts. I want to know why is it so common? Why is breast cancer so common? Yeah. I think there's no answer mm. uh, for that. Some cancers are just more common than others. We have not found out the exact cause of breast cancer. It uh, has been associated with some aspects like genetic, also high fat diet, poor diet, smoking, high alcohol intake. These are actually low risk factors. The high risk factors are of course if you had first degree family member like your mom, your sister who had breast cancer then your risks are very high. So but there isn't you know an exact uh, reason why so you could have none of these risk factors and still have breast cancer if you literally google how does breast cancer develop one really common answer you'll get is by being female I'm not even kidding like Mayo Clinic has this on their number one description for getting breast cancer or number one risk factor what the fuck like, does that mean right literally like that also gonna you know so a uh, number of these breast cancer types so a lot of them are sensitive to hormones estrogen and progesterone so there are some talk about in the diet if it is higher in estrogen it mm. can cause uh, breast cancer so these are there's no hard evidence that that is the case but it is true that some cancers have these estrogen receptors so which means that if you have estrogen it is likely to make the cancer worse so it is true that if your risk factors one of the risk factors for breast cancer is if you have not had children or we call naliparous no children because then when you're having children the estrogen levels are subdued so you have uh, less estrogen in the body if you've had a child okay that's upsetting to hear <laughs> especially for i guess like people who don't want to have children it's yeah. like oh. but you know it, it is still what we consider not a cause mm. a risk factor okay you know i have seen ladies who had five kids and have breast cancer mm. so and women who have no children but mm. never had breast cancer mm. so. typically a good consumption of vegetables limiting alcohol avoiding being substantially overweight especially after menopause and getting a regular moderate amount of exercise will lower your risk I was gonna go on to the point that like mm. breast cancer is like very common and I think one thing that is uh, evident is that like Singapore government and like the health promotion board they're mm. trying to get more women to go for like mammograms and mm. checkups right yes, but yes. I feel like there's a bit of like an inertia mm. there like the women just are not yeah interested yes, you know yes. so I, I want to know why do you think this is so a lot of women still have the mentality that they won't strike the lottery you know that uh, it will not happen to to me so that is uh, one thing that one of the reasons and also let's say in Singapore is we all have very busy lifestyles and uh, we don't put that as a priority the other thing is also I feel that we are still a conservative society we feel mm. that the breast is like very private and um, going for screening there may be some inertia like you know you're gonna get exposed you're gonna have the breast x-ray and so that could be a reason for that inertia as well but hopefully as we go to as we get to the younger generation people will be more open they are more um not so shy about the breast so when we have seen like older ladies who have hidden their breast cancers for years uh, until it has you know gone to a stage where it is very advanced because oh. they were they 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 hid it from their families and so like they, their doctor. They, they knew that they were have, like they, yeah they knew they had lumps but then they didn't want to say anything about it mm. because they felt that it's a very private thing and until you know the tumor was very advanced coming through the skin and oh. and they couldn't hide it anymore yeah again when it comes to breast cancer early detection does save lives so 
do go for regular um, screening and do your regular breast self-examination. Uh, as for reconstruction, I would say that uh, for any of the survivors that if they're considering reconstruction that there are many many options around and there is one that will be suitable for them to suit their lifestyle and also their their desires so do speak to you know a reconstruction surgeon to um, so that they understand the whole process better the team at OGS has a new series they think you should watch O Plus is a new animated series that explores the human condition and society. So about three episodes ago, I did an episode on birth control with a focus on the pill and its side effects, as well as the alternative type of contraceptives available in the market. There's this kind of expectation that men should be responsible for the purchasing of condoms, and since nearly every other type of contraceptive is made for women to use, the financial responsibility then falls on our own shoulders to bear. Should this be the case? Should the men buy the condom and the women buy the pill? Or is it our individual responsibility to take charge and care of our own sexual health and wellness? The first episode of O-Plus explores the dilemma of contraceptives being a shared responsibility by revisiting the history of birth control. Head over to Our Grandfather Stories' Facebook page or Something Private's Facebook page to watch the video. And let me know what you guys think. Should birth control be a shared responsibility? So how and when should we do our own self-examination? The answer is about once a month, a week after your period starts. So mainly when you feel um, the breast and around the nipple and in the ex- axilla is um, to feel for any lump that um, that did not go away, that was, that was not there before. And usually the breast will be divided into four quadrants so that you will not miss out and be systematic about it. And then the nipple and then the axilla. You also look for other things like nipple discharge, any uh, skin changes and redness, any skin changes, the colour and the texture. Some forms of cancer that can present as like a rash Mm. around the nipple. So you should always get that uh, checked out. If you do see changes, visit a polyclinic for a mammogram. It should cost about $100. So generally for younger women, mammograms are not subsidized but they usually subsidize for women above the age of 40 or 50 but for us regular monthly self-examination would do unless you really discover something then you can head over to a polyclinic for a mammogram for women above 40 there's currently a free community mammogram bus called the Memobus. it goes around different parts of singapore offering heavily subsidized um if you're a first timer as a singaporean you get it free heavily subsidized screenings and for singaporeans as well as prs all you need to do is google breast cancer foundation singapore mammogram and then look for their listings and call to register so today is the 21st of october the upcoming one this weekend is gonna be at Bukit Panjang CC. Uh, I think Senja Senja CC, which is um near where I live. So I'm gonna get my mom and my aunt to go together. Thank you so much for coming mm-hmm. down. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you taking time out. Oh, of it's my pleasure to be here. Thank yeah. you for the invitation. Thank you, thank you. I think it's like really interesting to mm-hmm. know more. So because I think it's, it's a lot of people know about breast cancer, but yeah, correct. Not many people know about. Putting it back. Correct, correct. correct. Reconstruction. Yeah, yeah, I think it's very important because, mm. like, I don't know. Yeah, like, you're right now, it's like a. Mm. After that, you still have a whole life. Yes, yeah, yes, it's really yeah. about the quality. Yeah, getting of life. back into your. Back to your usual activities. Mm, mm. And, and a lot of women, after they've conquered 
cancer, they are stronger than before. Mm. And, uh, you know, that uh, I, I feel that reconstruction helped to, you know, facilitate them mm. in their, you know, in like rehabilitate them back to their previous lifestyle. This has been episode 9. Hope you guys are enjoying the series so far. As usual, if there's anything, please feel free to hit me up on social media at somethingprivatepod. Otherwise, I'll see you guys next week. Bye!